Welcome to the Cobra Cast with the present VP. For this episode, we would like to thank these valued partners. Is your scratched window ruining your view? Starting from scratch to your experts at removing scratches from windows and any glass surface. Whether it's general scratches around the home or a knife graffiti tag shop front, they can remove it. They're also helping the environment by saving the window from being dumped into landfill while bringing the glass back to its former glory without the scratches. Don't replace your scratched window. Repair it with Starting From Scratched, your glass and scratch removal specialist for home, shop fronts and cars. Call today for a quote, 87595629 or find out more at startingfromscratch.com.au. Once airborne, we'll let you know when you may use approved electronic devices, but note that some items may not be used. Alright, welcome to the Cobra Cast with the present VP. I'm the host, Ricky Rifty the Prez Logan. I've got my co-host, Ricky Et Dog VP Etridge. Um, Mate, we're going. We're going to the the continent that we haven't covered yet. We finally we found there. one. We, we finally... got there. So where are we headed? Right, we are off to South Africa to speak to the uh, the general manager of AFL South Africa, July Machete. Did I pronounce that right? It's just July Machete. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry, I feel bad now. I've got a lot of sauce on it, but uh, it's a good chat, mate. But mate. Oh, it's good to have you back here, mate, off Media Street. First off, you just you know, back in, what were we back in? When, when did COVID start? March? February, March? Yeah, yeah, something like yeah, that. Back, nice. back in March, you just chat away to the weekly times up in the country. Next thing you know, you're just, yeah, just joining, you know, Andy Marr and Bob Murphy on SEN for a casual chit-chat. And as this goes to air, mate, two days ago, you on buddy Jacko and Doink's show, mate, just can't get you off media straight at all. It's good, good to be able to see you. Yeah, yeah, it's you know the life of the prez, I guess. You just gotta, gotta, you know, working hard to get the the sand down cobras out there, mate. You know. Yeah, that's it, mate. You know, Absolutely. I'm glad I managed to get you this gig as well. Uh, <laughs> but we won't go too much into that because as people, but well, where these are intros are pre-recorded. We are recording this at 7:50 on Friday night, um, so. We this may go to air on Monday, and who knows what Rifty has said on Jack on doing. It is uncensored after all, so he may say something that we don't even want people to know about. So, nah, mate, come on, nah. mate. You're not, you're not, you're not I know you, mate. No, we're not talking to Yaz and Tyson. Yeah, <laughs> mate, it's, it's, it's all good, but um, mate, like you said, it is pre recorded, so we don't have many footy results. We get our tips on Wednesday. You, Thursday night game's been played, so you've got the tip. You're, you're already one up on me, so that, that puts you two up for the, you know, going forward. So hopefully uh, my blue boys can redeem me and, and I don't have to wear that freaking horrible black and yeah. red okay. shit that you want me to wear. So, so with that, being I'm an Essendon fan, as you can see, him being a, a very lonely Carlton fan, the fact that our two teams are playing each other this week, Wednesday night, we're going live, Cobra Cast live for the first time. Uh, I'll be interviewing President Rifty about, uh, about his playing days and a little bit about our club history. Um, we've decided that whoever, whichever team loses on Saturday night, so if Carlton win, I'll be coming onto this show draped in a disgusting, uh, 
Carlton Scarf. And if Essendon win, Rifty will be coming on the show in the Essendon Scarf. So there's a hell of a lot on the line for this one. Yeah, so come on, Blue Boys. Two in a row. Let's go. We can do it. We got the new boy in, Philippe. He's making his debut. So let's get it done for the young fellow, all right? But anyway, mate, yeah, so we're off to uh, you know, expect the AFL South Africa. So this will now mean we've covered six continents plus obviously our own. Um, if anybody knows of anybody that has a club running around in Antarctica, let us know, mate. We are there to try and get down to see them. I'm hoping, you know, the Antarctica polar bears or snow Eskimos. dogs or Eskimos or something like that. If not, uh, yeah, we'll definitely try and find a way yes. to get a team down there. The Eskimo pies. I think you one. Hey, <laughs> there, there it is. Been a while since you got that joke going. I like it. Now, that's the type of stuff I'm hoping. I heard on Jack on Donk, Donk, Donk the other day, mate. Oh, <laughs> let's type of see how we go, mate. But anyway, let's get in it. Let's get, we'll speak to July Machete over in South Africa, mate. He's running, he's doing a great job over there. So let's, let's get in the uh, chat. And the AFL International Cup, in my opinion, should just be played every single game at St. Mary's in Geelong every year. Yeah, mate. Well, You'll see what you'll see why you say that during the chat. So, and uh, don't forget, six p.m. Facebook Sandown Cobras Football Netball Club Wednesday night. The Cobra Cast with the present VP live. Tune in. Yeah, actual Senders, live, like live, yeah. live, not like yes. these ones when they're premiered, pre-recorded, yeah. and they go live. And, and people trying to thinking that it's live when it's not live, but it'll be live, live, live. Yeah. live. We'll actually be there and be able to communicate with you through this. And no bear trap. We don't want to hear about you in the best. Uh, Bare skin rug, man. But no, no. Six o'clock. We'll see you then. Enjoy this chat. Right, now. Enjoy. We'll you then. See you then. All right. Today we would like to welcome uh, the general manager of AFL South Africa, July Machete. Welcome to the show, mate. Yeah. Thanks for having me, gents. Now, thanks for joining us. Uh, nice and early for you over there in South Africa. We appreciate you jumping on and taking the time to chat to us. Um, First of all, how did how did you come across Aussie Rules over in South Africa? Uh, personally, you know, it was just back in uh, 2001. Uh, you know, there was an organization called SCORE, which is a sports coaches outreach. They recruited volunteers from all over the world. And then they had a volunteer through AVI from Australia who was based here in South Africa. And then uh, through that, you know, during breaks and all that, we used to, you know, he used to teach everyone uh, Aussie Rules. And then we kicked the foot, the foot around and all that. So that's when I first heard about it. But, you know, but full time I came to join AFL South Africa uh, in 2005. Yeah, nice. So um, what made you actually get involved in, in the AFL South Africa side of things? Yeah, well... Because I worked with the guy and I had experience, and uh, like the guy who was here in, in 2001, uh, he used to be based about like 20 kilometers from where I used to work. And then uh, he did some work in the community where I was working, doing football, even though my focus was not uh, goody. Uh, but uh, he came across to my community uh, doing Australian football. So as a result of that, I had interest. And then uh, because of my experience with community work, uh, because I was doing different sporting codes, like from basketball, you know, handball, soccer, and all that, teaching that. So AFL, when they first established themselves as AFL South Africa in 2005, they recognized that uh, you know, I did community development, and then uh, they wanted someone who can assist them 
to go and do community development work, uh, you, know, you know, properly going up to set up the communities in 2005, because they were, they only had like about three, four centers back then, but they weren't someone who's gonna go and uh, set it up across many uh, centers across the country. So they, uh, they approached me, uh, the guy by the name of Brian Dixon, he used to play for, uh, the, for the Melbourne uh, club, the, the Demons. So he came to me and then I said, look, we'd like you to join us if you can. So 2005, then I crossed over from school and then I came to join Air Force South Africa, uh, which was in May 2005. So is that how you ended up as in the general manager role? Uh, no, I started first as a community development officer, and then, uh, you know, like, in 2007, they had a guy from Australia, Joel Kelly, he came here to set up everything, to set up everybody, and then, uh, you know, along the line from 2000, uh, from 2012, around there, that's when I got, end up as the uh, general manager, but I came through the ranks, uh, you know, through provincial development manager positions, and all that, until I got to national operations, then until I got to general manager in 2012. So I've been in the role for quite a while. So what does your role as general manager entail? Uh, basically, you know, I overlook pretty much everything, uh, you know, from finances to, you know, operations to, you know, assisting with looking for sponsorships and, you know, as well as, you know, uh, promoting AFL uh, across the country. So, yeah, pretty much very generic. Uh, you know, I'm involved in everything. Uh, I need to make sure that uh, the person who is in charge of, uh, uh, you know, you know, operations, Pindila Kambula, who is our operations manager, I I deal with her. But at the same time, I deal with our consultant, working on finances and all those sort of things, as well as uh, you know, looking for fund, funding opportunities. Oh, very nice. So, whereabouts um, are you based in South Africa? Uh, I am based about uh, 150 k's, uh, you know, west of Johannesburg, uh, you know, which is actually where our, you know, is this really the, the center of our programs? That's where everything sort of like started. That's how, where our head office is. Uh, so we do have uh, programs across the country as far as Cape Town, which is about a 16 hours drive from Kochefstroom. But most of our, you know, programs are around this area uh, within a, you know, 300 kilometer radius. Uh, about 70% of our, pro our programs are set up in this area. So I am based in Pochefru, uh, which is about 150 kilometers west of Johannesburg. Very nice. So um, has it been hard to get players to get involved in the, in the game and give it a go? Uh, not really. Uh, you know, because, uh, you know, for us, because this is a new sporting coach, uh, when you go to the townships, uh, it's not really that hard because a lot of people are, you know, they, there is a need for a new for opportunities, not necessarily a new sport, but there is a need for new opportunities uh, because, uh, you know, there isn't really everybody who can play rugby, uh, cricket and soccer and all that, uh, but also South, South Africa being a country with a big population but less opportunities in sports, so any new sport would have been handy. However, I mean, uh, with AFL coming with a little bit of rugby and all that, that really help us a lot uh, in terms of, uh, you know, you know, attracting the players. Um, so it hasn't really been difficult to get the players um, because of that, that, that need uh, for opportunities. How many players do you guys currently have? 
Uh, if you talk about the total participation number, we just uh, last financial year, uh, we registered over 47 participants uh, across the country. Uh, but uh, that, that includes from the age of uh, uh, you know, six to uh, open age. Yeah, nice. That's a decent number. Um, so obviously being a new sport, is it difficult to explain the rules and the skills and everything to people coming in to AFL? Yeah, it is. It is quite uh, difficult. You know, you get a lot of misunderstanding. People will be misinterpreting it for football. You always have, gotta, have to either try to use all the rules, then, uh, you know, leave the football out until they understand. But, uh, you know, what makes it even more difficult is the fact that uh, it's not on TV. So you can't really reference it to TV and say, look, have you seen this and that and that on TV? So it is quite hard. But lucky enough is that, uh, you know, by the time when I came in 2005, uh, because the game started in, in 1997, so the time I came, there were people already who'd been playing. So we use uh, those senior players to get across as uh, when we do workshops and training to demonstrate. So normally we'll just start the introduction by letting the guys play a mini game, like even if it's two against two, so that the guys understand and see what's happening. But to make the connection and say, ah, oh, this game is like this and the rules and all that, it takes time. Um, uh, most of the time you'll see when our empires are trying to run the game that uh, uh, even the empires themselves, they, trans they translate what they know from other sporting clubs like rugby, soccer, and all that, try to apply it into uh, AFL. So, yeah, it's a bit difficult. Yeah, I imagine it'd be pretty hard to teach people and they can't even get to watch the game. Um, yeah. It would make it very difficult. But you, you've also got sort of an Auskick uh, in school program. Um, how has that helped to grow the game? Yeah, look, that's actually uh, really, uh, you know, our main pro program. Uh, here is called uh, Food World uh, Big Five, uh, which is equivalent to your other key. Um, so, but, you know, it's, it started back officially back in 2007 uh, when it was called Food World Big Five. Uh, the good story about that, you know, how it helped us is that you know, there is boys, there are boys that, uh, you know, participated in the program back in 2007. And then uh, last International Cup 2017, when we were in Australia, uh, there were about four or five boys, uh, yeah, five boys who were in the team as a result of that program. So they were the first players really that we can say they came through the whole system from the age of, you know, seven and then come through all the way to come and play. So you mentioned about the uh, AFL International Cup in 2017 and we've actually got a something pretty cool that one of our blokes gave us yesterday i think you might appreciate it one of your jumpers from 2017 oh yeah yeah yeah, oh, yeah did of, you guys get that uh one of the blokes at our footy club collects jumpers and he got it from a bloke up in queensland a couple of years ago and signed by the looks of it the entire touring party and when he said that he had it we um said to him we want it for tonight to show you we thought it was a pretty cool oh, thing to, um, yeah, yeah so it's number Number 20? Yeah, it is. So, yeah, just the recent one. We were celebrating our 20-year anniversary, uh, actually, that year, 2017. Uh, so, yeah, it's beautiful to have that. Yeah. yeah one he, he's not getting it back. Yeah. <laughs> one of our guys is a collector of jumpers, and, uh, yeah, he, he uh, just so happened to have this one for us to, to share with you. Um, is is yeah. bought jumpers from all around the world, but it's uh, pretty awesome that you guys uh, were able to have kids grow up playing the game and get to play in an international 
uh, cup that's it's something uh, not many other countries can really say they've had that happen where um, you know a lot of them have found the, the sport at an older age so actually have kids grow up or you know pretty much their whole life and get to get to represent their country in the international cup that's fantastic yes yeah thank you no you just um but how hard is it for you guys to get all the sort of playing gear and and training gear and stuff over to south africa Oh uh, yeah, that's a bit of a challenge, you know. Uh, early on, around 2010, there used to be very ch- big challenges with regard to importing stuff coming over here. You know, Australians will put stuff together and donate them to us, send them over, uh, you know, ship them over here. But when they get to their, you know, customs, then they get stuck there. But uh, you know, a couple of uh, Aussie clubs that came here or groups, uh, like including uh, St Mary's College, uh, you know, from uh, Geelong. You know, every time when they come here, they bring a, a whole bunch of things uh, and then, uh, you know, in, as part of their luggage. So that helps a lot in terms of uniforms and all that. But uh, in terms of footballs as well, so they've been sending us a couple of senior footballs. But we are in a position whereby we're able to order footballs, uh, you know, from, you know, one of our local companies here. They source them from Pakistan and India sometimes. But also we use Bailey Sikkim uh, in Australia uh, to order a couple of footballs. So, but uh, yeah. The biggest challenge really this side is to have uniforms. You'll find that when we've got a, a carnival or something, uh, you know, some teams will be using the same kit. So the, team A will go onto the ground and then wear this uniform. And then uh, after they finish, then they leave it on the ground, the other team put it on and all that. So, but, uh, but we've been privileged to the sense that uh, at least there is some form of uniforms that we have that have been donated by a couple of Aussies uh, when they came over. Yeah, it's fantastic. And um, the brand of jumper rift here that that South African one is, mate. Uh, what brand was it again? Oh, just uh, black chrome, same as us. It's the uh, same, yeah. same supplier that we use for our sand down jumpers. So give black chrome a bit of a yeah. shout out. But um, so you guys have competed in every single AFL International Cup tournament that's been played. How exciting has that been uh, for the footy in South Africa? And back in, I think it was 2011, I think it was, you finished third or fourth, was it? Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. it's 2007. Uh, I did have it in front of me and now I've lost it. Uh, yeah, 2008. 2008. 2008. 2008. Yeah. Yes, yes. So how exciting yeah. has that been to be involved in every single international cup and the ones that you've travelled across for? Yeah. Oh, look, it is the biggest event for us and it's the most exciting the players look forward to. I mean, I wasn't there in 2002 when they came to the first one, but uh, the stories I've heard is that, uh, you know, the South African team, when they came to the first international cup, they came there, some of the players stopped, they came in to play football, you know, so uh, some of the players didn't even know that, uh, you know, all the rules have so much contact, tackles and all that. Uh, and their coach back then actually, even train them thinking that uh, they're going to play some sort of rugby. So he had a coach who thought they're going to play some sort of rugby. Some players thought maybe it would be soccer because it's football. And then they get there so much contact and tackling and running. So, uh, you know, I remember there were a lot of, they had a lot of players who were scared. Uh, when they, there was time for substitute to walk in, you know, they were very scared to run in because, you know, they saw how tackles came flying in the first quarter and all that. So, but fast forward to the time when I came for the first time back in 2005, uh, there was a lot of improvement. Uh, you know, the players really love it. 
you know, they love being a star. They play hard. Uh, I mean, it showed when in 2008 when we improved um, uh, that, uh, you know, we got to position three that the players were getting somewhere. But, uh, yeah, it is very exciting. For me, it has been a great experience. I got to go to Australia and see at different places. And I'm sure the same players, uh, the same player, the same players will say uh, that uh, they enjoyed also the countryside, seeing all of these places. So that I've been to Perth, I've been to Canberra, I've been to uh, Sydney, you know, I've been to Melbourne. Uh, all this is really a great experience, you know, um, that you know a lot of people wouldn't have, even if they're touring around or that, but just through football and international cup. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you guys plan on making? Uh, do you guys plan on making your way across to the 2021 tournament? Oh yes, we plan to. We, should, we were supposed to be coming. The plans were on the way for this year. In uh, just going to be in the Gold Coast. Uh, we we're supposed to be coming over, but you know, as you know, with the pandemic, uh, the COVID nineteen, uh, it has been a challenge. But yes, we're hoping and planning to come next year. Uh, as to whether it's going to be difficult, it, I'm expecting that there will be challenges to get across for almost everybody because of uh, you know the funding. Uh, needs, you know, especially beyond this pandemic, people are going to have challenges with money uh, and a lot of companies might not, you know, really participate in sponsoring, but we are hopeful uh, that hopefully our government and then uh, partners that we had before will chip in to assist. Yeah, fingers crossed they do and um, if you guys do get across, we're hopefully going to be up there for a week of the tournament, so we'll definitely uh, have to say g'day and catch up if you guys get across and we manage to get up there, but um, besides the International Cup, does South Africa participate in any other international tournaments? Uh, we, we, there were, there was, but like the last one uh, we participated in was in uh, 2007. So during the time I was involved, you know, we, we had a tournament uh, in Canberra. Uh, it was the under-18 uh, competition for, it used to be called the Jim Spine Cup, but then it was changed to Ron Barazi Cup. Uh, that was then, you know, there were, there were a couple of countries there, but uh, also it was mainly with, uh, you know, clubs from Kimberley uh, and then also Canberra clubs and all that. And then New Zealand was there as well. Uh, but it was just uh, under 18 competition. And that's what happened even before I came in 1997, the first time they played over. But beyond that, we never had any international competitions. The only opportunity we have, we get to host, uh, you know, clubs coming from Australia coming over to South Africa to play, you know, small groups, uh, be it colleges or clubs. We had the AIS, uh, uh, you know, group come over here before. Uh, so, yeah, that's all that. How often do you guys get clubs coming from Australia? Uh, you know, like, until, like, six years ago, it used to be very, like, maybe we have, like, about two or three come a year. Uh, but beyond... Uh, like, you know, before we used to have, like, clubs like the Hawthorne Hawks, uh, you know, Fremantle Football Club, uh, Collingwood, uh, West Coast Eagles, they used to come here. Especially Fremantle, not all the uh, Frio. They used to come here almost every year to come and do clinics, uh, offices and training. Uh, for, they came for about three years in a row. And then, but, you know, beyond that, uh, or six years ago, we only had St. Mary's Football Club uh, from Geelong coming over uh, every second year. Uh, you know, I th- you know, I think you know it, it's just been a bit tough, but we were thankful that St Mary's was able to come here uh, and play with us every second. They were meant to come also as well, St Mary's this year in September, uh, but all the plans are on hold uh, due to COVID nineteen. 
Yeah, fingers crossed you can get some more clubs across. Um, so I've just been scrolling through Wikipedia. And uh, so, Rifty, we've heard about Papua New Guinea quite a bit throughout our trips and how much of a powerhouse they are. In 2014, mate, South Africa knocked them off by nine points. Uh, yes. No, no mean feat. That's a... That's yeah. they haven't lost they haven't lost many games across the IFL International Cup, uh, Papua New Guinea. So to get, you know, for you guys to knock them off, that's a decent effort. And it, were you there for that game when that happened? Yeah, I was there. Actually, uh, I remember very well that game. It was played at uh, St Mary's uh, in Geelong, and then during the game, actually, I was invited while the game was on. I was busy uh, giving a speech to the to, uh, to uh, club members and then uh, of uh, St. Mary's uh, Football Club. And then I could see through the window. And as I was speaking, you know, we had a very young team actually uh, that year. Uh, but, you know, as I was speaking there, uh, I remember I said to the guys there that, you know, I think we're going to win the game because we've got a, we are playing at St. Mary's. And then because we've got a very special relationship with St. Mary's Football Club. So I just believe that we're going to win because uh, we were playing at St. Mary's, but nowhere else. So as a result, as I was going out there, you know, the South African team was doing very well. So it was one of the biggest highlights that uh, we set up. And then after we beat PNG, they went on to win um, the competition that year. So, which was, uh, you know, something very special. So, yeah, I was there at that game. It was very exciting. Yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome. That's, like you said, that's Papua New Guinea has come up as a team that, uh, you know, most international clubs have said they've, uh, they've been on the end of, beatings from Papua New Guinea. So for you guys to actually be the first club we've spoken to that's knocked them off in, in, in uh, you know, over in Geelong with the uh, St. Mary's that you've had a great relationship with, that's uh, fantastic. And um, I'm sure it, uh, yeah. you know, it spurred the boys on for, uh, for a while and they're, they're still probably talking about that time we beat Papua New Guinea over in, over there. To put it into yeah, yeah. Oh, go ahead. It is a serious one. I mean, even uh, 20, uh, 2017, uh, we played our, uh, our second game there in Geelong for the 2017 International Cup. We had a, uh, our team had a lot of injuries, and then we were losing in the last quarter. And then uh, some of the boys, because we were playing, I think we were playing uh, Fiji, if I'm not wrong, uh, one of the island uh, countries, that, uh, countries there, you know, they were playing very hard against our boys, just not really playing football. They were just trying to knock our boys over, and then we had a lot of injuries. But in the last quarter, for some reason, our boys pulled it up. St. Mary's crowd was all over them, and then they came on and won the game. So um, I think we've got a very special connection with uh, St. Mary's and then that particular ground. Uh, if the grand finals are going to be played there against anyone, uh, it doesn't matter really. I think we can even take on the Geelong Cats. It is on that ground. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start a petition next time it's in Melbourne to make sure the grand final is played down there. But just to put it into yeah. some context, Papua New Guinea have played 32 games in the International Cup and have only lost five. So to give our listeners a bit of context about how special important a win against them is, that's there it is. So, yeah. um, but now, over to you, Rift. Uh, yeah, it sounds like uh, you've got a great connection there. And uh, uh, we, we might have to get International Cup 2021 moved Move back down to Geelong. Don't worry about the Gold Coast. Just get it yeah, back yeah. down at Geelong. <laughs> just play. Just have yeah. South Africa play all their games at St Mary's, and yeah, oh. yeah you gotta have to make sure that that happens. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it makes it easier for us to travel there too. But um, uh-huh. what about what about the social side for for you guys? Um, do you do many social events over there to help you know raise money for the 
for teams and things like that? Oh, yeah, we do try, you know, uh, to have a couple of events that way we'll do fundraising and all that. Uh, but, uh, you know, it is quite very difficult to get money this side. So there is an, uh, um, you know, uh, the, the Chamber of Commerce here, the Australian Business Chamber of Commerce, they host a couple of events uh, to assist us, uh, attract sponsors. Uh, you know, but it has been very hard. Um, you know, even the Australian, you know, High Commission, uh, they try to host a couple of events to get us help. Uh, you know, so a lot of all, all the Australian High Commissioners in the last, uh, you know, 20 years or the last four terms uh, here in South Africa, they've been very hands-on in assisting us. Um, so to keep some of those, uh, you know, uh, financial challenges we come across, but also to help us with our social development. Um, I mean, even this current financial year, the Australian, the Ausaid uh, through, uh, through Australian High Commission has sponsored has uh, sponsored uh, sponsored us some money uh, to deal with some of the community and social issues that uh, we go through uh, through AFL. So do you guys get much help from the AFL? I know you mentioned about uh, schools and clubs helping you out, but does the AFL itself give you guys much help? Yes, we are. Actually, uh, you know, pretty much uh, all, most of our budget comes from the AFL grant. Uh, you know, so especially in the last uh, five, six years. Before that, we used to have a couple of uh, companies assisting and all that. So the AFL basically in the last six years has been trying to maintain they are part of the grant just so that until we, get, we can get something solid. But before that, we had a free mental football club, Collingwood, West Coast Eagles, and the, uh, the Magpies, uh, each contributing uh, money uh, annually for a period of about two to three years. Actually, two years. Only free mental went on for three years uh, back in 2007 to 2010. But we also had uh, some you know, companies from Australia that assisted there and there uh, to get us through. So... But uh, at the moment, yeah, we just only relying on AFL and then a government grant from here in South Africa. They, they help us a lot, especially in um, you know international cup years, as well as the Aussie. Yeah, nice. So, is there much um, Aussie rules played across Africa outside of South Africa? Uh, to my knowledge, no. I've seen some stuff on the you know on YouTube from time to time when you hear someone from you know, either Congo or something posting that they're training something and all that. And, but I think there are people who will be playing, but not really organized, as organized as us. We are pretty organized and, you know, uh, everything is registered and all that. Uh, but I guess a lot of people, they just playing because they had, uh, you know, Australian patriots uh, in those countries, maybe play something and left them with a the football, but uh, not really fully scale organized like we do, you know, we are fully fleshed uh, running organization, you know, since, uh, you know, 1997. But I think there's some guys who are playing there, but never really met them or heard from them. I've seen something on YouTube. Nice. Uh, so what are, what are the plans on, uh, for you guys growing the game over in South Africa moving forward? So what's your question? What the fans about? Uh, so what are your plans uh, to help grow the game throughout South Africa? Uh, yeah, look, actually, uh, we've, we've been in uh, you know, six provinces last year. South Africa has uh, nine provinces for the state. Uh, so we've been in six provinces. We've been trying to grow. Uh, but, you know, part of us growing, we need to have a you know, rival sponsor or partner to get us through. So we've been trying to partner with government 
to make sure that wherever we go, they want us so that we go there and deliver the program. Uh, but uh, as, as, as I'm speaking, uh, as we speak at the moment, we are busy trying to uh, look back and say, look, with the COVID-19 challenges, uh, we need to start rethinking how we're going to do things. So the feature might be that uh, we want to uh, you know, stay in a hub. Like, for example, pretty much how you had a AFL startup back in, you know, back in the early, uh, early uh, about 100, you know, maybe about 150 years ago or 130 years ago, whereby it was played mainly in Victoria. So we want to try to sort of like stick everything around Pajafthum or Johannesburg area to just, you know, until we develop a culture that uh, people can buy into. But that's still in discussion. Uh, uh, pretty much really as a result of um, the challenges faced with uh, COVID-19. But uh, our plans has always been to uh, get around, to uh, grow, the, grow the game and take it to the areas where people want it, uh, to the key places that we know tourism-wise. Uh, for example, it helped us to have uh, programs in Cape Town uh, because a lot of tourists or clubs that come here, they want to go and play uh, games in Cape Town because they will be doing some sightseeing there. So that's part of the reasons in the past why we set up there and then in places like Devon and Johannesburg. But at the moment, we're going to have to rethink that. Uh, we have to think about how can we sustain the game uh, and you know, make sure that it's uh, cost-effective as well. Yeah, nice. Well, it's, uh, hopefully some of those plans can, can work out and you can uh, you know, get more get more kids involved in it and have, you know, in 10 years time, you have another group of kids that say, oh, I grew up playing Aussie rules and got to play, um, play over in Australia in the international cup and, and maybe even some guys make it all the way to AFL. That'd be. Yeah. 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 That's a big plan. Yeah. Um, so how long have you actually played for? Have you played many games yourself? Oh yeah. That's the most, uh, that's the story and the question I always avoid. Uh, because I never played, I never played AFL, so there are much better, special, and good people who have been involved. You know, uh, pretty much you can say I only came here for the job. Uh, so, you know, I wish I could have played. It's a very nice uh, game, a very attractive game, and all that. So, when I joined you over here, I was, you know, 25 when I came to join AFL uh, as an employee, but, you know, I wasn't a player even back then. So, Yes, the age would have allowed me to play, but at the year I came, they were selecting a team to go to Australia already. So I was already going to travel with the team, regardless that I play or not. So I guess that's why I didn't even try to play. So, but yes, I never played at all. Um, although I did read and learn a lot about the rules and everything early on, I just and then I, I actually uh, used to start clubs and you know uh, in the area where I was working. Without working for Air Force South Africa, I had that passion. I had some basic knowledge to teach it and then, uh, you know, grow it in the areas. But yes, no, I never played. There is guys that played it for over, you know, 20 years who are still working with us now, uh, you know, so, but not me, no. Oh, that's right. It's, uh, all, all great uh, leagues and stuff, they need people like yourself that have uh, got a passion for the game. And, you know, you don't always have to be the best player to have that passion to help grow the game. And it's... Um, it's fantastic that you've uh, got involved in it and and uh, helping grow the game and hopefully, like I said, you'll continue to grow it and have some more success and and maybe even knock off Papua New Guinea in a grand final. But. Yeah, in Geelong. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what about the AFL? Who do you actually follow in the AFL? Do you have a team? Yeah, I, I, I go with the Fremantle Dockers. Although, you know, that was just purely because of, uh, um, you know, when they came over in 2007, we used, the four clubs came over with the Magpies, Eagles and, uh, um, uh, you know, the, uh, the Blues. Uh, so, but when they came over here sponsoring football here in South Africa, so they, uh, Fremantle Dockers used to sponsor the club, I mean, the province of the state that I worked, I was the manager for. So as a result of that, I started loving them. But prior to that, I, I used to follow uh, Brisbane Lions, and, and that was pretty. That was uh, really because of you know back in two thousand and one, two, three, somewhere there. That's when uh, Jason Kamanis used to play, and then he was very popular. And then I liked his style of play, and then uh, you know because I'm a type of I like type of uh, you know flair football, and then he provided that. So I used to like that. I watched a lot of his games and highlights. Uh, but when Fremantle came over, and then you know. I just became purple all, uh, all over the place. Then the whole province became purple. And then uh, today I am the Frio Docker fan. No, that's all right. We won't hold that against you. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> we are, you guys we are, I'm a Carlton supporter and he's a Essendon I'm supporter. Essendon man. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, being... Uh, when Jack, Jason Ackermanis was running around kicking goals from the boundary line and then doing... Handstands yeah. after the game that that would have been uh, pretty exciting to watch and hopefully yeah it was I, yeah it was I remember uh, he scored one of the beautiful goals from the lines and then he celebrated and he went like this <laughs> and then uh, the crowd went mad so it was one of my favorite uh, goals he scored yeah no, he's uh, he was a class actor for sure on the field and uh, he, he's, Fremantle's got probably one of the best players going around at the moment in that five so. Um, yeah, you know, he's amazing. It's good. All right. Well, we got some uh, funny questions for you. And being that you're involved in the international team and, and the whole league and stuff, um, you can sort of go across your whole t- your whole time and players that have been involved in the AFL South Africa. So, um, yeah, just a couple funny questions for you. Uh, what do you got first, Ed Dog? All right, mate. So in your time across with AFL South Africa, who would you say has been the biggest party animal? The biggest party of them all? Uh, well, I know that's difficult because we've always been very strict with the boys. But uh, there is a guy, you know, uh, by the name of uh, Papi Steven Malinga. Uh, he's, uh, he's one of the players that played the game from day one uh, back in 1997. And then uh, he only just got playing about a year or two ago. So he played over 20 years easily. But you know, he was the type of guy that when, when the guys had a chance to go out and have a drink, you know, he'll be completely, completely, completely wasted. <laughs> but uh, he was a hell of a good player, very small body. And then, uh, but yeah, look, he had a, an amazing jump. He took Becky's uh, left and right. Um, you wouldn't have thought he would be the type of player. But yes, he was a hell of a, a partier. Yeah, it sounds like my type of bloke. Um, so you've been obviously been across to Australia a few times to the AFL International Cup. Who's the one bloke in your time that you wouldn't, you would not want to have to room with on a trip across to Australia? Uh, the you mean like the one player who I wouldn't want to bring back with the team? I know who you wouldn't want to room uh, with over here. 
So, oh, you mean uh, like to share the room? Yeah, share yeah, a hotel yeah. room. Yeah, sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, okay. Uh, let me see. Uh, I just, yeah, it depends. It's, it's quite a hard question uh, because uh, I basically never had a chance to share with the boys, but uh, uh, it will depend. I'm not sure. It's hard, 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 hard. Uh, look, I'm not sure. Uh, well, let's, get back uh, to the fir- let's get back to the first, uh, how you thought it was. Uh, you got one? Uh, not really, but because uh, I'm just trying to think from what is it that it will make me not want to share with them. Because a lot of my boys were very, 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 very funny. Uh, so I'm, I'm the person who likes to be in a room with the boys that are funny because I like to laugh all the time. So some of them, yeah, they were. Who, who's, you, you mentioned that you like rooming with the guys that like to have a joke. So who's the biggest jokester of all the guys? Oh, okay. Well, because I've been across with uh, uh, different um, groups and all that. Oh, because I've been over with uh, different groups. Um, uh, let me see, let me see, let me see. Uh, look, the, oh, it's a tough one. Uh, it's a tough one, it's a tough one. I just need to think. Because I had a lot of boys and then I need to nail down to the one that for sure, I'll bring. Um, oh, look, there, there is a boy, uh, you know, from uh, Cape Town. Um, you know, so, but uh, maybe not him. Mm. <laughs> oh, it's, it's quite tough. There, there, there is boys that definitely, you know, everyone goes and, uh, you know, there is this guy, they used to call him, his name is he's called uh, Plaga. Uh, Plaga used to play for St. Kilda, I think. So he was named after him. But he was very, 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 very funny. And then part of him being very funny, it's not because he makes jokes, but it's because he spoke very bad English. And then our boys loved that, you know, every time when the Aussies goes around him and ask him names, I, I ask him questions and all that, they knew he's going to fumble. So you have a lot of, you know, a bunch of boys, when they see him hanging with an Australian, they go and just stand behind him, you know, <laughs> chilling and then just listen to what he says. But he was very, 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 very funny as well. But yeah, he's the one that I would think that I would bring across. His name is Kuos. But he was, uh, he's popularly known as Plaga even here in South Africa. I don't think even uh, at home they know his name. They probably call him Plaga. So uh, he was one of the guys who traveled uh, back in uh, 2002. Uh, so yeah, he's very, he was very funny. That sounds great. Um, what, you mentioned a nickname there in Plaga, but what's, what's the best nickname going around? Uh, the best nickname going around here, you know, Okay, there is a guy called, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, R- R- not, not Rhino, a uh, hippo. Uh, so he's our current uh, captain, captain of the Lions. Um, you know, he actually, he has got a brother. His brother's nickname is Rhino. They're both very big. And then, uh, you know, so, but yeah, he's he's the one with that. But none of them has the, those guys don't have the F players uh, nicknames, if you like. But uh, yeah. He's the funny one. Uh, they call him Rhino. They call his brother the Rhino, and they call him Hippo. Uh, but he's he's a hell of a player. He kicks footballs the best in the air. He best like about three footballs in my presence. Uh, so yeah. So you wouldn't want. To he's get... a very. Uh, he, he has a very big left foot. He's the one who scored the winning goal, uh, twenty seventeen when we were playing in uh, St Mary's in the last second. You know he kicked a long ball and then we scored and won. Um, I'll tell you a story about him actually, which is very funny. 
there was once I was in Soweto, which is just a, a biggest township where Nelson Mandela and them came from, uh, outside Johannesburg, about five, 10 kilometers from uh, Johannesburg. I was running a workshop there in that community. I invited him to come as a guest player, just to come and tell his story as a player. And then we had a couple of uh, footballs pumped up. They were just lying on the table. They also kicked footballs. We were showing the teachers, this is the shape of the football and all that. And then a hippo came to, uh, you know, 10 minutes late into the workshop. The moment he came in there, and as I was busy introducing him, one of the football best, boom, all just went boom. And then, and then I remember I told the, uh, the, the, the teachers before about how good he is, and then he best one of the footballs. Mm-hmm. And then he got there, and then the football best. Uh, everyone couldn't believe it. They thought probably I stepped football or something. But that's how good he was uh, with uh, best in footballs. They had to just best on his, uh, you know, presence. So, but yeah, he probably guy can think of. Yeah, hippo on the water. That's it's good ones. And hey, when you football's a person, just as you walk in the room, there's uh, you must have quite the presence. That's for sure. But uh, thanks, thanks a lot for joining us, mate. We really do appreciate you taking the time, uh, getting up early to join us and do this. Um, is there anything else you want to say, Ethel, before we finish up? No, I just want to thank you for joining us, mate. Really, I really do appreciate it. Um, we've now interviewing you and now covered seven oh, sorry six continents no five continents how many continents besides antarctica so we've covered south america north america europe asia australia and now africa so it's fantastic that we've managed to cover so many uh, so much so many countries and continents and yeah i just want to thank you for joining us mate really do appreciate it yeah i really appreciate the opportunity jones and then uh thanks for inviting us and thanks for having us on your podcast uh, it is a great opportunity for us. I mean, for me, it's a privilege uh, to share the stories with uh, your viewers, you know, for, on behalf of South Africans. Uh, you know, our boys and then uh, girls, they love this game. Uh, it has given them opportunities. You know, if, if through football, you know, about 20, you know, 22 employees that we have over so many, you know, plus minus over 200 kids traveled to Australia, got, to, got on a plane and see your beautiful country, you know, that's what sports does. And then uh, and I'm an advocate for that. And then uh, I think that opportunity has given our boys something. You know, you can't have um, uh, so many jobs created as a result of just the football uh, that was taken from Australia to South Africa. So we are grateful for that. And thanks for this opportunity. No, mate, uh, we can only just thank you. It's uh, We appreciate you jumping on and you're doing great things there with uh, AFL South Africa. And like I said, hopefully it all... This COVID stuff hasn't put, put things too far behind and you're able to get, get everything right so you can get over here for the next International Cup and, and you know, go one better and, and, and win a grand final if they finally play one at St. Mary's for you. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Looking forward to it. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Thanks for watching the Cobra Cast with the present VP. And if you need somebody to talk to, why not contact New Life Psychology in Berwick? They are now taking phone appointments. Or you could head to otlr.com.au for tips and info. And we are supporters of TAC's Towards Zero campaign. Head to towardszero.vic.gov.au for more info because zero is the only acceptable number.
Hey Siri, play the Cobra Cast with the present VP. Now playing podcast Cobra Cast with the present VP.